Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. As always, I'm so excited to be back here with you this week, serving up personal and spiritual growth conversations for the recovering insecure attachment type. That uh, definitely describes me. I'm sure, uh, hopefully, it describes you. There is a beauty in our insecurities, always. I say that because it's true. And um, today's conversation is no less interesting. So I'm really excited about today's guest. It's Emily Regan Byrne, and she is a brand consultant. And I know what you're thinking. What the fuck? Brand consultant? (laughs) What is this conversation going to be about? But we talk so much about how to combine strategy as well as personal development into your workplace, how to find your niche, what helps to set you apart from other people. And she just shares that like her clients tend to soar once they realize like what their true passion is. And once they're being honest about their passion and sharing with it, sharing about it in an authentic way, that's really when they um, seem to take flight, which is super fucking cool. So we um, talk about both like sharing this information for those of you that are running your own businesses and then also those of you that are employees. So there's something for all of you here. Emily is an amazing person and I just, I have learned so much from her in this space. So I'm really excited to have her on the show today. Before we get into the episode, as always, I have my weekly check-in and today I'm going to talk about baby bumps because I'm showing. I'm officially showing. I am 20 weeks as of this um, published date, and <laughs> I'm starting to get people touching my belly, which is um, a new and exciting, totally different thing to navigate as a human being. So um, I just wanted to share the first time that it happened. We, my husband and I were in one of um, a local restaurant that we like to go to and we're really friendly with the owner Uh, and my husband shared with her that we're pregnant and she turned and looked at me and she kind of like held both hands out, but like really low by her belly. And I was kind of across the room from her at that moment. I was like, I think she wants to touch my belly. <laughs> like, I think this is going to happen. And so as we're talking, you know, we get closer to each other. And then she kind of like, she's so excited for us. And she's so sweet. And she's like telling us all, you know, her pregnancy stories about how she didn't show until she was like in her third trimester. And then all of a sudden she like gained 70 pounds and, you know, whatever. So then as she's talking, she like puts her arm around me and we're like holding each other. And then she just slowly kind of comes in with the other hand to touch the baby bump. And I at first thought that I was going to be really offended by people touching my bump. And I think that's because in the first trimester, like everything was so sore, most especially my boobs that to be, I just didn't want to be touched at all. Like it was too much and my body was just like would recoil from it. But now I'm, you know, I'm in a different place. Like I'm not as sensitive and I'm, I'm not as sore. I'm tired for sure, but, um, I'm definitely not like 
recoiling to touch. So when she touched the bump, it was actually kind of this magical moment of like, oh my God, how cool is it that other people like kind of want to, I see it as like sharing energy with my child. So it was really beautiful. And I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't offended at all, which really surprised me. I would say the first baby bump touch went pretty well. And, you know, she didn't ask, but I wasn't offended that she didn't ask in a weird way. So it kind of made me think like, huh, maybe I'm going to be okay with baby bump touching. And then the next day we went to a picnic with friends and I was telling one of our friends that I'm pregnant and he was like, you know, holding, we were like, you know, having this really wonderful moment where he's talking about how excited he was for us. And then he was like, can I touch it? And I was like, actually, yeah. Like the fact that you asked, which is so sweet, is amazing. And like major kudos for that. Like that's ideal, right? But also just like the fact that you asked is really respectful. And I'm going to, I'm going to let you get in there. And it's just so funny to see people's reactions when they touch the bump because they, I don't know, like they're touching where the baby is. And it's such a magical moment. So I want my baby to feel loved and important and, and you know, understood and supported. So I feel like having people touch the bump is kind of cool for the baby. I'm just was not expecting to be so okay with it. So here we are. But yeah, if you approach me with your hands down and like near your belly, I, I know what you want. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you shouldn't ask, but I do. I still know what you want. <laughs> so yeah, so that's... um. Baby bump touching. Always ask for permission. Always ask. And that doesn't always mean you're going to get a yes, but you'll probably get a, a, a yes from me if, you, if we see each other in person. Just saying. All right. Without further ado, let's get into it with Emily. If you could just kick us off by introducing yourself, that would be amazing. Awesome. Well, I'm stoked to be here. So I'm Emily. I am the founder of Centered Creative. Centered Creative is a brand strategy and brand identity consultancy. So essentially, we help business owners really express their authenticity in their brand through finding their own unique market niche and really communicating that visually through their strategy. I love that. And Emily is the genius behind the newest Lit AF logo. So <laughs> she's amazing. And thank you. <laughs> I had so much fun working on that. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that because it was um, I mean, there was many rounds, but we got there and I'm obsessed with it. And I'm also obsessed with all the different versions, actually, like yeah, the each one was like so well thought out. Like it was really it was really cool to work with you. I also like the reason I wanted to bring you on today was to really talk about how you mix in personal development into your work because this seems to be like a really big theme with what you post on Instagram and what you share. And so I thought we could talk today about um, how you weave that in, how you help people with strategy. We'll talk about this like for both business owners, because I know some of you listeners are business owners, but also people in nine to five jobs. Um, so that we're like talking to both audiences. So I'd love for you to just start by telling us how do you combine strategy and personal development together in your work? 
Yeah, it it kind of came about naturally. It's one of those things when you look back at your history and everything like very clearly leads you to where you are today. But while you were doing it, you were just like confused as fuck and had no idea like what the hell was going on. This is my life. I feel like you just explained my life. <laughs> where she? What is she doing? We don't know. Yeah, it's a trial and error. Essentially, I have always been a pretty creative visual person, but it took a lot of deconstructing the onion layers of programming, societal programming for me to really realize what it was that lit me up, but also was going to kind of give me the validation and the level of success that I was looking for. I kind of have to go a little bit back through my history in order to speak to it. I grew up in like a really traditional town. I grew up in Connecticut, an hour outside of Manhattan, where there's very traditional gender roles. Like most families were man and woman. Man works, goes into the city. He is a lawyer or banker. And the woman, for the most part, works at home and maybe does something part-time. And that was kind of like what I saw as success was you're a man and you do these two roles. And so being someone who was much more creative, like my gifts kind of leaned in this way that weren't like traditionally considered successful, I kind of had this like weird dichotomy for most of my life of like, I want to be successful, but my gifts are more like creative. So how do I blend those two things? And I have like an incredible family structure who supported me and they pushed me to go to art, not didn't push me, but they encouraged me to go to art school, seeing that that's what really lit me up. But then I still had this self of being like, I, but I want to be successful. And like, Mm. to me, being an artist in, and I, you know, I never thought this consciously, right? This is all subconscious thinking. I didn't think that I could be successful a creative being an artist. And so I went to art school, but kind of always had this grudge against my mom being like, why would you ever encourage me to be an artist? I'll never be successful, Um, (laughs) which is just ridiculous. Like how many artists wish they had parents who were like, yes, be an artist. Me. We'll start right here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm damn. Just like hating on it, being like, oh, you don't want me to be successful. So that's why you're allowing me to be an artist, which is just ridiculous. Of course, halfway through college, I decide that I'm going to be a lawyer because oh, wow. that equals success, right? I do an internship at a law firm and I start taking the LSAT and doing all those things in order to become a lawyer. And about a year into prepping for this, I am so bored out of my mind that I just like walk out of one of the LSAT (laughs) pre-tests, like halfway through the test. Good for you. And that was the moment when I actually started for the first time, like listening to myself, like listening to something that was deeper inside of me um, and really starting to tap into that. And it allowed me to walk out of the LSAT, but it also had me, my mom gave me really good advice. This was my senior year where she was like every day, write down a list of like every possible option of your future, like anything you could possibly be. So I had on there, obviously lawyer. I had artist. I also had pop star because like who doesn't want to be Beyonce um, if they can. 
Not not that I can. Who are, if anyone's seen me dance, you know I can't be a Beyonce, but like in my head. <laughs> I and I also had on their vineyard bum. And so the idea was this post-it note was on my bathroom mirror. And every morning I would wake up, look at myself in the bathroom mirror and decide like, okay, what do I want to do today? And after two weeks, I realized, wow, there's a lot of marks next to vineyard bum. Damn. And <laughs> yeah. Like you would mark each day. You're like, today, this is actually what I want to do. Yeah. Exactly. Love that. And so I got a job as a vineyard bum. I mean, you're not really being a bum. It's a lot of hard work and it's manual labor. But that was kind of the first thing. And for anyone who is kind of learning how to tap into their higher self, their soul, like whatever you want to call it. I know in the 2B Magnetic group, we call it pings, but whatever you want to call it, learning how to tap into that a lot of times it doesn't make logical sense to start. So, you know, I'm an art major who thinks she wants to be a lawyer, who just wants to be successful. And all of a sudden I'm being told like, go to Napa Valley and be a vineyard bum. And I'm like, okay, like that sounds cool, but also like none of this makes any logical sense. (laughs) And I am just going to follow because I don't want to sit at a desk anymore and doing something with my hands sounds amazing. And granted, this does come from like a ton of privilege as well, getting to do that. So essentially I started listening, moved out to Napa, worked and fell in love with this like gorgeous part of the country and ended up in marketing after that because I could make things with Illustrator and with the Adobe suite because I was had been an art major and a graphic design major. And that really led me to branding. And so I started getting into brand management, managing wine brands, which was amazing. But like everything else, I just kept wanting to be more and more successful without being really conscious of like what the aspects of it that lit me up. And so I just started climbing the corporate ladder and ended up at the most corporate part of the wine world that you can possibly be in. Hello, lawyer side. Yeah. The dark side. You don't think of wine as being like corporate and it wasn't the dark side. It was still very fun, but it wasn't what was lighting me up. And so Mm -hmm. I, I had this moment and it's actually the moment when I was introduced to, to be magnetic, which is how we met. Just FYI, everyone. How we met. Very special. (laughs) Very important. And I essentially had this dream project. Like I was launching a new wine for this brand that I was managing, I basically got to do whatever I wanted. It wasn't like a massive budget, but I got to just plan whatever I wanted for launching this wine. And so I decided to work with one of my favorite artists, uh, as long along with a few other really cool designers who had just designed this really cool inn in Tucson. And we were launching this really crisp, fresh rosé. And so we were going to have this, or we, we did have this beautiful dinner. Um, you know, with influencers and all this kind, this kind of thing. And it was kind of one of these like, you know, like, wow, I've, I've made it kind of moments when you like look at it, like everyone else who had a similar job to me was like, wow, it's really cool. You get to work on that project. And I was like, like, is it? (laughs) And, And I'm at this dinner with these people that I so look up to. And I felt so unworthy for, to be there. 
And I was the one bankrolling the whole thing. Like I put the whole thing together, was paying everyone the whole shebang. And I was like, I don't belong to have a seat at this table. Like these people have built these authentic, incredible businesses, like using fully their own skills. And like, I felt like such a, I don't know if fraud is the right word, but I just didn't feel authentic. I didn't feel like I was worthy enough to be there. Um, And that forced me to really look at like, okay, you have from the outside, everything that you're, that you said that you wanted, Mm -hmm. like what is up? And so that was my next kind of big moment of realizing I need to really look at myself. Um, Luckily, a friend of mine had recommended TBM the like couple weeks before. And I just like absolutely dove in head first. Love that. (laughs) And then met you and the rest is history. (laughs) The rest is history. And then our lives completely (laughs) fell apart and we've put them all back together again. (laughs) Um, More or less, yes, that is exactly what happened. (laughs) In the most beautiful way possible. But yeah, to to basically to to tie it all up is I, it took me this really long time to figure out how to tap into this deeper layer of myself. And I realized I had to peel back all of these onion layers in order to really find what was my spark and like what was going to be a sustainable career path for me. And so I love that now I get to do that with others. And so I got to use this experience um, and help others either express this kind of passion that they have. Because if people have started a business, I have found that if people have started a business, most likely they're really passionate about something. Like it is not easy to start a business. It is fully an uphill battle the whole entire way, right? So if you are starting a business you already have like a unique take on your market. And so what I'm doing is I'm really just like helping people communicate that. And then for certain people, I'm really helping making sure that we're fully taking away some of these onion layers and infusing that personal development aspect in order to make sure that we're doing it right and we're doing it sustainably because a lot of people can put into place like corporate business strategy but it's only going to be sustainable if you're really tapping into your passion, your life force. It's so cool. It's an honor to be part of like watching this journey and watching you unfold into this business. And I'm very curious now when you look back at that moment of throwing that dinner for that winery and like working with like basically your dream team. What do you think was going on in that moment that you were missing? Yeah, it's a great question that I've thought about a lot. I think it's a level of authenticity. And I think that it's also this level of like independence, like creating something that's truly your own. Like the the people that I tend to really put on a pedestal, whether consciously or subconsciously, have usually one, they're visual creators, but they've really created something beautiful and impressive all on their own. And it's like this incredible marriage actually of business and the visual arts, which like, of course, is what I think is really cool. You know, it's like exactly what I didn't see growing up. And so I'm just always so impressed when people are able to 
um, to do something like that. Wow. I love that because I feel like this business truly does marry your creativity with kind of some more structure. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> I'm not going to call you a lawyer in any sense whatsoever, but like <laughs> kind of that more, like you're putting a more masculine structure on being on like helping others develop their brand. Like it seems like it's, you know, getting at these two sides of you, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's always been a little bit of my, of my struggle is that I do have those two sides and like how Mm. to marry them can be really Mm. hard. Um, It's why I didn't go to like a straight art school. I always wanted to go somewhere that also had strong academics, but it's like, yeah, I do feel like I finally, so thank you. Thank you for seeing that. I appreciate it. I see you. You're (laughs) integrating. It's, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And like, I think we're all trying to figure that out, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And also deconditioning is a thing. And I just, I feel so much pressure living in the city of San Francisco of like, do more, make more, like there's so much wealth here and everyone's just like creating businesses and IPOing and entrepreneurial life. And (laughs) it's fucking crazy. And it's so hard for me to like separate, like what's mine, what's theirs, what do I really care about? So it's cool to, to see you kind of like really hone in on this area. Okay. So what what have you seen makes folks most successful in their niche? And you kind of already touched on this, but like I just want to explore it a little bit more. I think what it comes down to and like it's a little cliche these days, but it really is like finding your why. And I and I say that with a caveat of like it's like finding your why and also like tapping into your like passion or like what lights you up. Like I don't love using the word passion because I think that's like overused and it's, it's this, it it gets the idea that like, it's the same, it's the same thing as like having one true love. I feel like like this idea that like, once I find my passion, everything will be great and everything will be hunky dory and like my life will be perfect. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I, I, I see it very similarly as a relationship in the sense that like, I don't think that we have one passion. I think that there are things in life that light us up. And I think that when we can tap into that and feel that inspiration more, the better your life is, um, the more energy that you have to put towards something. So I think that in ways that we can kind of strategically add those in, in a fun and playful way, um, we're going to be better off. Um, and so coming back to what is, uh, how do people like really find their niche? I have found that most people, as I mentioned, started a business for a reason, or they're at their, you know, if we're talking to someone who is at a bit, who's at their current, you know, company that hasn't started their own business, they're at that position for a reason. But the biggest one is for the entrepreneurs. Like if you started a business, you start it for a reason. It's because you see the market in a different way. And so a lot of times for me, it's like, I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm not necessarily like telling them something that they don't know. A lot of times it's fresh eyes of, okay, how do you see this differently? How can we make sure that that's like a really good place for like a potentially and fruitful place for you to be? And then how can we make sure that you're really effectively communicating it? Because a lot of times that what I've found is that 
that kind of key, that nugget gets lost. By the time they're meeting me, the reason why they started this business three years ago, they kind of forgot because they got so stressed <laughs> in the day to day. And oh. so we're, I'm here to kind of help them figure that out and then communicate it both visually and strategically um, so that they can really kind of get their their edge on the market. I'm just imagining like so much resentment has built up for them by the time they're meeting with you. Like they're probably like angry. I would, I mean, I've been angry at my different businesses that I've started. I'm like, fuck you. I thought this was going to be different. It's not. (laughs) Now I'm so mad at you. So I love that you're kind of, you're almost like rekindling that romance again with the why they started it, which is so cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm curious. So we're talking about this kind of like passion and the why. And I love that you're saying this because I had a really great meeting yesterday in my like job job where they were saying someone was offering like we were kind of offering her like, okay, you should be an affiliate marketing person and we'll give you a little kickback for every client that you sign up. And she was just like, yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely not. My whole goal in my job is to get nonprofits more money. And I just thought it was so like, she's so aligned with her goal. She like, you know, she's <laughs> she doesn't want to muddy the waters with like affiliate marketing. You could just tell that like everything that she does comes back to that why of like, why am I doing this? Hey there. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. I know I am. If you're enjoying the Lit AF podcast, I humbly ask you to make a financial contribution to the Lit AF tip jar. Your support will help make this podcast happen. Financial contributions help to cover costs like podcast hosting site, podcast recording software, and it also helps us to pay our amazing, talented podcast editor that brings us these sweet episodes every single week. Monthly and one-off donation options are available, and we've got some sweet thank you gifts for everyone participating. If you're interested in making your financial contribution, please visit sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash tip jar. Now back to this week's episode. Thank you so much. And so I think it's really interesting for both people, like both audiences, like if you're starting a business or even if you're in a job of like, what is it about that job that's that, that, like that passion, that purpose that you're connecting to that's really lighting you up. So I'm curious, like what, in what ways have you seen clients like express their different passions? And they ask that like, kind of like the nuts and bolts of like, is it connecting with people? Is it their creativity? Like what have you seen clients doing to really reignite that passion? I definitely think it's as simple as connecting to their why. And I think the the biggest one I've noticed is reminding people kind of why they started their business in the first place. For example, one of my clients, he is a mountain guide. And so uh, for those of you who don't know what a mountain guide is, essentially they are really experienced mountaineers. So backcountry skiers, rock climbers, 
um, Mountaineers and he does the whole gamut. He's like fully certified, which is very hard. And essentially you help people do crazy stuff in the backcountry in the mountains. We were working together and he was trying to figure out how to really start to have his own clients. There's a lot of like really big behemoth mountain guiding companies where you can, you know, just like sign up and be like, I want to do that really big descent, or I want to climb like the biggest mountain in the Tetons, which is the Grand Teton, right? Like, which is like, for a lot of people, that's kind of like a bucket list item. So these businesses are helping people do this like bucket list thing, you know, like climb Mount Everest, that, that kind of vibe. And he was like, yeah, and they, you know, they can offer cheaper prices. They're bigger, all these things. Like, how do I find my own niche? And also one that I really want to do, you know what I mean? Because this is what he does every day. And and he's actually from a very similar area um, of the country that I'm from. Again, dad was a banker, sister's a banker. Being a mountain guide is like, he's pushing a lot of stereotypes or the, so we were talking and I was like, like, you know, why did you start doing this in the first place? And, you know, quite, quite obviously, when you kind of think about it just for a little bit, he didn't start doing it because he wants to help startup founders make sure that they can cross this thing off their bucket list. You know what I mean? Like, that's not why he started to become a mountain guide. He became a mountain guide because he feels that your life is more enriched when you have a relationship with the mountains and he feels there's, there's this like spiritual aspect that, you know, he doesn't speak to in his branding per se, but there is this, you know, spiritual aspect of like life is better when you're interacting with this like grand epic aspect of the natural world Um, and you're training and you're getting to do these like really physically challenging things but there there's also just so much beauty in it what we kind of realized was something that he was already doing we just had to figure out how to kind of like brand it and communicate it but that was that he doesn't recommend for his clients to do like just a one weekend trip or a one day trip, he really puts together like a whole program. Like think of like a physical trainer, but for connecting with the outdoors and connecting with nature. Um, And so he puts together like a, you know, a multi-month program for mostly men, but sometimes women as well. And it totally changes these people's lives and it just completely changes their relationship with the mountains. And it can, it changes, like there was something literally missing in their life prior and they're able to start to like get that and find that back. And so we realized he was, he was already doing this thing. He already loves doing this thing. He has this kind of passion and this like I almost feel like he is like a spiritual teacher, but for like the mountains. And it was just like figuring out like, okay, how do we communicate that? How do we start like pivoting the way that you describe your business and the way that you interact with your clients so that this is becomes your model? So he is a really good example of, he was a little bit more just like straight brand strategy of like, let's look at your whole business and then also why you started, what lights you up, because that's the only way this is going to be sustainable. And it's really more of a relationship than anything else. So that was really interesting. But 
on the more like personal development end of things, I had a woman come to me who did a lot of different things. She was a yoga instructor and a dog walker and did Thai massage and did the Marie Kondo method and like all of these different things, which was- These are all my jams. I love her. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I was like, oh, really? Can you help me with the Marie Kondo method? Like yeah. my drawers do not look as good as they could. Yeah. And then give me a massage <laughs> afterwards. I'll, I'm very down for this. <laughs> So I have kind of like my brand strategy side of things. And then I have this, I call it the brand essence connection. It's more, this is kind of the personal development meets brand strategy side of things where we're really tapping into, okay, what is going to help get you to where you want to go? And like, how can we tap into your spirit, your, like, I, I really call it tapping into your soul. I know some people have different opinions on like what that means exactly. But to me, that feels really appropriate. Then kind of leading that once you've kind of tapped in and, and almost found like a soul code, then kind of getting into the strategy of how to make that a little bit more tactical in the world. So we, we worked through that. And in the end, we ended up with more the yoga and kind of like healing massage side of things, but making sure we're keeping the community aspect. Cause what she realized about kind of dog sitting and babysitting and like doing all these other things was that like, she's so integrated in the community. And that was just an aspect that we had to make sure was a through line. And like, that might not be what she wants to do for like the rest of her life, but keeping that aspect of being really integral in a community was an important part when we were like developing her personal brand essence and then brand strategy. I love that. Talk about putting the business owner, founder, whoever you're working with first. What are what do they vibe with? What do they need to experience on the day to day? And then build from there. I love that so much. It's very inspiring. Yeah, it's really fun. And everyone has such different opinions and like different <laughs> ways of working. And I think that is like maybe what I like the most. I because sometimes I'm just there like whoa, okay, I just met with someone else yesterday and this went totally differently. <laughs> like, and like, maybe that's how therapists feel. Like, I don't know, but like- Probably. <laughs> Probably. Is that how you feel? Like interviewing different people? Like, it's just like night and day sometimes. Oh, for <laughs> sure. I'm like, okay, we're all unique individuals. I get it now. <laughs> cool. <laughs> But it makes it interesting. I think it makes it super interesting. And I find it fascinating the way that we all like we we learn differently, but we're all at the like the core. We're still human. Like we can still, you know, get, understand the mechanics behind it all. Yeah, exactly. You're just kind of like figuring out how to pull it out in different ways. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm just like my mind is going. <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm like, God, I just want to do a brand exercise right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's I mean, going to my brain. I don't think it'd be very interesting for interviews. No, but we no, you don't. No, trust me, y'all don't <laughs> need to hear that. Like, it's a mess. That's a private time. <laughs> I'll share it at another date. But like, that's I'm like, oh, I wish we could just do that right now because I want to like <laughs> dig in. You're inspiring me to. Just, what is my passion? <laughs> and it's so easy. Like, 
I think as business owners, it's so easy to get lost in the day-to-day tasks. And then when the business takes off and you're being pulled and it's almost like you're being pulled in that direction. I work for a startup right now and it's just like, we're going to try this thing. We're going to try this thing. We're going to try this thing. We're going to iterate, 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 iterate. What's going to bite? And it's like, wait a second. Like what do we want? What are we about? And so I, yeah, I'm just, I feel very like this is a very grounding exercise right now. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's really easy to get into kind of like that people pleasing um, yes. energy when it, when you're a business owner. Cause like ultimately, especially when you're like early on and scrappy and you're just trying to like make $2, you know, or like, yes, literally you're like, sure, I can do that. I'm great at that. Absolutely. And you realize that you start to shape shift and yep. then all of a sudden you're so far away from what you started with. And you have to kind of come back and be, and like have this faith that like, no, if I stand with what I said I was going to do, and like, obviously there's aspects where you need to kind of pivot, but a lot of times like, okay, if I like stand, like, this is what I say I'm going to do. And I say no (laughs) in these particular instances, like it's still going to work or it's not going to work. And I'm going to be able to learn from that rather than shape shifting because you don't necessarily get to learn from doing that. And like that kind of keeps like you in the, I'm also like a little bit of a control freak. So like, I love when I get to like control things like that, but, um, obviously, yes. (laughs) same, 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 same. (laughs) Um, uh, but yeah, it kind of allows you to guide your own boat rather than being at the whims of your clients. It's so hard, people. People, it is any entrepreneur out there and even any employee that's like trying to bear their vulnerable self at work and be as authentic as possible. Like, this shit's hard. And I really just want to just <clears throat> high five you energetically right now. You've touched on this a lot already. We can move on to the next one. But if you have anything to add, why is authenticity important for a business? We're kind of getting to the point in like society where it's it's like not even just important, it's it's like vital in order to be successful. Like I think everyone knows this, but it's something that does come up a lot when I was on the corporate side of things. Essentially everyone you're marketing to or most adults in the United States have grown up with people marketing and selling to them their entire lives. So even before Instagram or social media, when the line between advertisement and life got really, really blurred, you were still surrounded by television advertisements and newspaper advertisements and magazines and all that kind of stuff. And so we have, whether we are conscious of it or not, most adult people have gotten this like sixth sense of sniffing out authenticity and sniffing out if people are being legit or not. So if you're not legit, people just like are going to breeze right by you. And it's the difference between like, you can see two people literally using the same exact verbiage, the same exact words, and it's true for one person and it is not true for another person. And you can tell. It is so obvious. So honestly, it's like 
one, yes, it helps you kind of like tap into this inspiration and this life force that just makes things a little bit easier in my opinion. There's like this flow that happens, but it's also, if you want to be successful, you kind of have to tap into your authenticity because people can just sniff you out way too easily. Yeah. I feel like it's so funny when I started this podcast, I definitely like looking back on my Instagram, you can just see, I was just like copying what other people were doing. Yeah. (laughs) Which makes sense. I think there is there. I think that is actually in a really important step of business, like starting a business is like, I agree. Part of it is just your, you know, what is it? What is that phrase? Like uh, not copying, but copying is like the biggest form of flattery. It's like, Mm -hmm. You want you like, you know, you're honoring it by trying to like emulate it. But then eventually you're gonna find your own voice and do your own thing. And I think there's a pretty big shift when I found my own voice and did my own thing on my Instagram channels. And it's interesting the people that I've attracted since then that are completely like aligned with what this show is about versus I'm not gonna say that beforehand people were like completely off brand or anything like that, but there's definitely been a huge shift for sure. Interesting. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And like such a good reason to just be authentic. But like for me, hello, people pleasing, codependent, all the things like I love performing. It's my favorite thing. And I also just like want the audience to love me so bad. <laughs> so it's um it's hard. It's sometimes I think it's really, really hard, especially when your authenticity is um very counterintuitive to like what is going on around you. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I mean you're speaking to like the oldest daughter and from a very, you know, traditional town. And I'm a manifester, so apparently I piss people off without even realizing it. <laughs> And so I was like, can people just please like me? And it's like, no, sorry, honey. That's not what you're here to do. You're like, all right, fuck, fine. Do manifestors have that thing where like people know when they don't, when you don't like them or like when you, when you're not paying attention to them? I do. I think that might just be a human thing. I don't really know. I love it when I'm the center. I'm a rising Leo. Like give me the center of attention and I will survive. Yes. Give us those Beyonce moves. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'll do like the really <laughs> terrible white girl version of them. <laughs> and we'll love every second of it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so good. Okay. So I'd love to just touch briefly if you have any thoughts on like how someone that is working for someone else um, on a project that maybe isn't something that they've started, um, how can they integrate everything that we've talked about? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it can be – I think for someone who is working, you know, for someone else in a nine to five, it can be really important to really like tap into what lights you up. Like what is your passion? And um, I actually, for anyone who maybe is like, okay, yeah, you've mentioned this like 17 gazillion times, but like, how am I supposed to actually do this? Like that sounds really hard. Sahara Rose has this like quiz, or at least she used to on her website that I personally found super helpful. And it's like helping you find your Dharma. And it is kind of one of those quizzes that as you're taking it, you know, it's like the Cosmo quizzes from like when you're in middle school, like as you're taking it, like, you know, which one you're going to get, you know, yeah, you can kind of like, if, if you can 
fix it to get the one that you want if mm-hmm. you want it to. Mm-hmm. So you do need to be honest with yourself. I took it like three times, like the first time I did it and like made it so that I was the one that I wanted to be. And then I did it like two more times <laughs> and was like, okay, Emily, stop lying to yourself. You need to take this for real. But anyway, I just think that that is a personally a helpful tool. It helped me realize how important kind of design and art really was to me. It was one of those like mirrors back of like, oh, damn, okay, this is important. But I think just figuring out how you can integrate what lights you up into your everyday. And that might not be through work. That might be going for a bike ride before work. That might be if there, you know, you need some extra images for a job thing and you're like, hey, let me let me do it or let me partner with that person who's a photographer and I'll do the creative direction and it'll only take an hour, you know, let us, it, it'll save us all this money because you don't have to pay anyone else to do this. Let us, you know, try. And just trying to integrate those extra little things I think can really help like light you up and then also potentially expand you towards where you want to go. Like it's not always just about like making today a little bit better that a lot of times can also start to like lead you down a different path. Like whether that is like a community of bikers that really like become like your homies or you realize like, Oh, I am doing what I'm doing, but I'm also like this great photographer and like your company finds that super, super helpful. Like there's just like, there's so many ways that by really starting to tap into what excites you and what inspires you, um, which can take so many different forms, can just, you know, make make your life a little bit more fun, a little bit more joyous, which I think is like all that we're, we're looking for. At least that's all 100%. I'm looking for. 100%. Just a little joy. Just a little joy every day. That's all I want. I love that. <laughs> is it too much to ask? <laughs> Absolutely not. I actually put in my journal, like I put through like every five pages, I wrote find joy. Just as like a little remember, because it's like one of those things where like you kind of forget that it's there. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah. Like, like, because I give this advice so often and like I find that when I give advice a lot, it usually means I'm not taking it myself. So I kept finding like, just have fun with it. Like when I'm talking to people's strategy or they get really stressed about social media or something mm-hmm. like that, I'm like, just like have some fun. Stop being like, stop taking everything so seriously. Like have yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. I love you that. Know? We're only here once. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Find the joy. Yeah. And oh. so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, I give that advice a lot, but I think it's just really true. <laughs> That's solid. I mean, that kind of brings us to the next question, which is, do you have anything else that you'd like to share with anyone that's on their own journey, creating their business or showing up fully in their own workplace um, for them? Find some joy. Try to find some community. We're all so damn lonely. Like everyone else is lonely too. So like reach out, you know, like I just think like I spent so much of my life thinking I was like too cool to do certain things you know? Mm. And like, it was a waste of time. And maybe a lot of people already know this. It took me fucking forever to figure it out. So like, (laughs) just like, you're not too cool. Just text Mm. them. 
and see what they're doing. Um, but yeah, community and joy. And then I think those are kind of my two pillars that I try to always keep in mind is community and joy. And then for me, meditation changed the game. Like Mm. it was the, I I consider that there was like Emily before meditation and there was Emily after meditation and like, she's not the same person. So yeah, those are, those are my recommendations. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, if listeners are interested in following along with what you're up to or getting in touch with you, how can they find you? Yeah. So I am on Instagram at centered creative and I, my website is centeredcreativestudio.com and I am putting out a, it's going to be kind of, I'm calling it centered creatives field guide to brand success. And it's going to be a bit of a mix of some personal development stuff for people who feel like they really need to dive in and start like peeling back some of those onion layers and then really taking a lot of heavy hitting brand strategy. It's catered towards entrepreneurs to really help them find their niche and really like start communicating that um, and really stand out amongst their competition and find their market edge. That will be launching really soon, which I'm super excited about. Amazing. And if they're interested in signing up for that, how do they do that? On my website. (laughs) Amazing. Perfect. I was going to say, like, do you have an email list? (laughs) Tell us where we can just get everything from you because I I need to do a branding exercise right now. (laughs) (laughs) On my website. Perfect. Oh, Emily, this has been amazing. This is one of my favorite topics. So thank you so much for being on here today. Of course. I loved it. Thanks so much for having me. That's it for today's show. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. If you have a moment and you're in the Apple Podcast app, please rate and review the show. I could really use all the ratings I can get. And please share this episode with a friend that may benefit from it. Of course, hit subscribe to keep up with new weekly episodes. And if you're interested in supporting the show and being part of the Lit AF community, join our Patreon by visiting sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash tip jar. Thank you again for listening. Please stay lit, lit AF, and I hope to see you back here next week. 